guests, great conversation, and the truth. Giving you both sides of the story. He's a great role model. When he does get involved, he's all in. John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. Before we get to Hank Schenkoff to talk about the primaries here in New York, we'll also want to remind our listeners we're going to have Burt Flickinger. He is an expert when it comes to inflation, shrinkflation, so you want to pay close attention to what Burt Flickinger has to say. We'll also be speaking with Hannah Myers, who works for the Manhattan Institute. And she's going to be talking to us about the mass exodus at the DA offices here in New York City. But first on the line, we have political analyst extraordinaire Hank Schenkoff. Hank Schenkoff, uh, what is going on at the polls? It seems like the turnout has been pretty abysmal. And what does that usually mean when it comes to who wins in the end? Well, the turnout is abysmal. The uh, early voting was abysmal. Everything that was put in place to help people vote was abysmal. The only thing that worked is that democracy was forestalled because people tend to vote in a particular fashion. In other words, voting is a learned behavior. People turn out at the same time, at the same place, to do the same thing. There's a social aspect to it. And if you change the dates and you have confusion and chaos and you have new lines and you have all these other kinds of things, people tend to uh, be very disoriented and turn out in lower numbers and they're then become convinced that their votes don't matter. And what it generally means is that incumbents tend to prevail, sadly in some cases, um, and... um, People with more ideological bents tend to prevail. Why? Because they have the capacity and desire to turn out in greater numbers and to them voting as part of their religion. Hank, it's Tony Carbonetti. Hey, Tony, what's going on? All is good. Thank you. I I tend to agree with you, except in these Democratic primaries where it seems the progressives have done what you just said. They, They rely on the incumbents being lazy and getting the same 6,000 votes for the last 20 years, they go out and they target 10,000 people, and they've been wiping out some of these long-term Dems. Well, we, we tend to – we really are in agreement. What I'm saying is the more ideologically, um, the more ideologically um, intense voters tend to turn out. And in these cases, who are the more ideologically intense voters? Uh, people who uh, – the Democratic Socialists of yep. America people, people that want to defund cops people who want to uh, disrupt the economic system, uh, who think that the city isn't spending enough on things that, uh, besides those things that bring tourists and and income into the city, you know, those people, and they're going to, they should do better than we think, frankly, under under these kinds of circumstances. Hank, this is Craig Eaton. I I voted on my way here today, and there were four poll workers, four tables, and I was the only voter there at 3.30 at at the site in Bay Ridge that's the most crowded at every election. And Craig Eaton, I just want to bring up a point of what you said earlier yeah. regarding primaries because it's gotten pretty ugly between the yeah. candidates. What it, what was your idea? You know, my concept when I was the chairman, I was the chairman five years ago, and I was there for ten years. I always said that it's so dangerous for the Republican Party to have primaries in mayoral or or gubernatorial races because we bloody each other. We have to go far right to get the conservative Republican vote to win the primary. And then when it comes to the general too election, whoever win. wins, it's too late because you can't you can't come off your positions at that point. And I, I used to Absolutely. talk to Chairman Cox all the time and say, you know, we should we should outlaw primaries in 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 the mayoral or gubernatorial races. Obviously, you can't. But how can we win if if we go far right and then when, in the general election we, you know, because no now you're come back. you're alienating moderates you're alienating, and independent exactly. and independent voters. You have to be a moderate Republican to win in the city or state today. That's true. George Pataki is the model. You know, Craig is entirely right. What happened 
Uh, you can guarantee during the last Republican gubernatorial debate, the Democrats were, were filming mm-hmm. and grabbing whatever they it's could. It's a commercial. Waiting to happen. That come out of that, moving the Republicans all the way over to the right in the general election. And the, the problem is, again, in primaries, more ideological voters tend to turn out. Hank, it's, uh, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. Do you have any predictions for today? Yeah, I mean, uh, I predict it'll be a, the rest of the day will be very sunny and nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Other than that, you have anything else? Followed by darkness. It is, it is very hard to defeat an incumbent of any kind. Um, and in the uh, case of the, uh, New York, of the New York State governor, it's very hard to defeat the uh, governor. I mean, people have tried to defeat governors in primaries before, let's see, in our lifetimes, so twice, I think, in the last, um, let's see, 40 years, about that. Both unsuccessful. Um, let's see, what else you got? She's really spent an awful lot of money and uh, run a, a campaign that used all the resources available to her. Um, as anybody smartly would do, she's one tough Paul. Let me tell you something. Anybody who underestimates Kathy Hochul is just plain dumb. She's one tough cookie, as they like to say. And what about the um, lieutenant governor's race this, for the Democrats? I think, governor, I think lieutenant governor is, is interesting. It depends what the, whether the DSA, the Democratic Socialist America people, um, who they turn out and when they have. This is a test of their capacity to turn people out. Now, they know they're not going to help Giovanni Williams win at all. He's done. And he's done his declaring to the left, frankly, his abysmal performance. But can they pull off a lieutenant governor race? They nearly did four years ago, remember? There was a guy named Jumani Williams that nearly won it. Yeah. Um, so I, if they turn him out, uh, that could be an upset. On the Republican side, I think that Zeldin will win. Why? Nassau and Suffolk County turnouts. And they're particularly Nassau, where. Uh, where turn, turn, it's going to come uh, down to turnout. You're right. Yeah. What about. Absolutely turnout. Today is today the race for the idiot the De Blasio. Does he get to run today, or they put that off? No, no that's, that's August. August. That's, that's that August. 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 Okay. August. Today's just the assembly and the, and no, the, and the race. Well, there's yeah. a lot of assembly people running. Yeah. There were AOC yeah. candidates. Right, those are the ones and I told you might people, get knocked out. And a lot of people that Michael Nussbaum went after. A lot of people went after the socialists, the AOC socialists. What is going to happen with that? Well, the light, well, the light turns. They... Hurts us. Do I think they win? If, if they turn out their people, they win. Do they have a higher emotional uh, and uh, commitment to turning out? The answer is yes. Yes. And and will they? If they do that, will they? Will they win? The answer is yes. Look at what they've been doing over the years. Right. They can if target enough on out. social media. Yeah. Yeah. And the impact on that in the state legislative process is going to be enormously well, negative. But they have a ground game. They have look. boots on the ground. That's the problem. Yes. They will. Look, the New York Times had a very important story today, I think, on the uh, number of wealthy people that have left. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet if they control, if they get more control over the legislature. And what, it's, what I think is happening is very much akin to 1975. If you read the history of the fiscal crisis, when the people in power said, oh, no, no one's leaving. They'll stay. They have to stay here. But the facts are no one has to stay here anymore. That's correct. And there's no reason for corporations to stay here. There's no reason for individuals with money to stay here. And then the question becomes, who's going to pay for the dreams that the socials have? You know, Hank, I always say it's not someone can quantify the dollars and taxes that we lose. But the philanthropy of those people, it's the, the billion dollars Ken Langone raised to create NYU, make NYU Hospital as great as it is today. The hundreds of millions that's been put into the Central Park Conservancy and the museums, that money's all gone. That's not in anyone's that's budget. That's true. You know. That's entirely true. That's why I don't think people get the point. You understand it very well, and you're entirely right. They also somehow believe the hospitals exist through some other thing than philanthropy, and they don't. 
They don't. Um, you know, they don't. It's philanthropy that keeps our hospitals, as you note, and our cultural institutions going. We lose the people who pay the fare, who pay the who carry the freight. Who's going to take care of it? But if the DSA candidates do very well today, it'll be a signal uh, that it's time for many people to leave. Yeah, but the Republican, Hank, this is Craig, the Republican Party in New York City needs to do a better job because what's going to happen is the socialist candidates in the Democratic Party are going to win the primary and then they're going to run against a Republican candidate for the state Senate or the assembly. And, and the same thing's going to happen. We're going to wind up with five to 10 percent. I mean, we have to get the message out to the people that you need to vote. I mean, 17 percent of the people voted for de Blasio in his first race. And now no one showed up today. You can't complain no. about who's getting elected so if you, know you don't go out and vote. Blasio? Bingo. Yeah. I was just going to Rudy say beat me in the primary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Otherwise, it would have been me against de Blasio. And, you never and know you what could have happened. You never just know what could have happened. I, I know. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's, Joe Loda had no money. Yeah. Nice guy. Had yeah. no money and no steam. And if it was me against de Blasio... People still believed I was a Democrat at that time, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of Democratic friends. John, I was your chairman at that time. I was the the, the only one left, and and we worked on that race, and John said— between the primary and the general election, he was going to put five to seven million dollars in the race. I put twelve in already at time. But but you were going to put five to seven more yeah. in between the primary and the general election, and you would have crushed De Blasio, crushed. I'm hiding well, under the desk. I, yeah, as you should. Yeah. And, as you and, should. Yeah. Tony, you know there was one voting booth. We lost seventy three to nothing. I have that voting day, booth in my house. Yes, to this yes, day, Tony Corbinetti hasn't told me. How possible? How is it possible? I lose seventy three to nothing on that voting. Judge, can we subpoena those records? Or is Absolutely. It too late? Let's subpoena well, Robert Eddie. You're about to be indicted. I'll do, I'll do it for nothing, John. I'll, I'll put. Give it me in your cell phone. Subpoena. You can't have a real party if you don't have real turnouts and you don't have real mechanisms and you don't have real people who are prepared to take on the opposition. And uh, that's a problem. And we don't have that in New York, New York State, and certainly in New York City the way we should. Um, and it's just this idea of, that you can somehow have one party function. Um, and what you see is that when you have one-party dominance, you tend to have factualism. It's political science 101, and that's what's happening within the Repub- Democrats, which is why you have the Democratic Socialists. They're a faction of Democrats because you, you have this one-party control. Now, there was a big battle well in Brooklyn, I was told, uh, in, the, in the Democratic Party, that the, Brooklyn, the woke culture people, the AOC types, were trying to take over the party in Brooklyn. Any predictions on that? Well, look, they're going to have to work very hard. I think that uh, that uh, that the chairwoman uh, Rodney's uh, shot will prevail, but uh, that's a long-term battle, and they this is very much akin to what the reformers and regular Democrats went through in the '60s and '50s and even '70s uh, to take over the party mechanisms. And if it's working so well, look at Manhattan. What kind of political party do you have in Manhattan that has the capacity to get anything done? Yeah, but I think in Brooklyn, too, I think, you know, um, Eric Adams was the borough president in Brooklyn and has some really good friends in the Brooklyn There's a Democratic war going Party. There's in Brooklyn. No, I know. We'll know no, tomorrow there, there morning is. what happened. But, but I think, I think, I I, I think we'll, we'll be okay in Brooklyn. And, I really uh, do. And, and uh, Hank, I understand Dominic Carter has a special show, uh, election special, starting at 8 o'clock uh, tonight. And you should call Dominic and be on with him. Well, I think he called me and wants me to be there. And I, I must tell you, John. I'm always flattered when uh, when anyone at your wonderful station calls me and asks me to appear. Well, thank and you I will so be much. There with Dominic tonight. I'm thank grateful you. to you. 
we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to find out how much you're going to pay for your chicken and your beef and, and your filet mignon. And, and your Oreos. Oreos. And my Oreos. Oreos. The cream filling in my Oreos is like We're going to have the consumer expert, uh, WABC and worldwide, Bert Flickinger. Let's take a break for it. You talk, we listen. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.